Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. episode 463. My name is Paul Garcia. I am the host of the Spurs cast and joining me today on today's show will be our own project Spurs.com writer, Benjamin Bornstein. You can follow Ben on Twitter at the Boomstein. So listeners, before I get into my conversation with Ben, we're going to go into a number of topics related to the Spurs' training camp. We'll discuss the Spurs' point guard situation, some of the notable quotes that came out of training camp, um, discuss the addition of Rudy Gay, uh, of LaMarcus Aldridge, uh, as far as like wh- what Pop had to say about Aldridge and, and making him more comfortable this season, um, DeJounte Murray's potential that Manu um, discussed as well, and then about um, the starting position for the center spot, uh, where Pal Gasol would prefer to start at that spot. So those are some of the topics we'll get into, Ben and I. And then also, uh, we'll just go some general NBA news as far as some roster additions with Carmelo Anthony in Oklahoma City and then Dwayne Wade to the Cavs, because those obviously can be teams that the Spurs might see down the road in the playoffs. So um, hope you enjoyed the conversation I had with Ben. Okay, now speaking with me from Atlanta, Georgia, is Benjamin Bornstein at the Boomstein. Ben, how are you doing tonight, man? I am fantastic, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing very well myself. Uh, thanks, Ben, for coming on at the last minute. I know I, I didn't get to talk to you earlier in the week, but um, you know, thanks again for jumping on uh, for Spurs Cast episode 463. Okay, Spurs uh, Cast listeners, as I mentioned in the intro, we're going to be going through a few topics from training camp that came up amongst the players uh, with the reporters over at camp, uh, some of the league-wide news that happened as well, and then we'll take one uh, Spurs uh, Twitter question, and then we'll call it a day with Ben. Okay, so Ben, the first uh, topic on the agenda Tony Parker came out with some news last week. Uh, he first brought this news up in France uh, that he is clear to start playing in November. He's actually clear to start playing right now, but obviously conditioning-wise, he needs to, to wait till probably November to, to get back into shape and start playing at full NBA level. So the, here was this quote from Camp uh, just two days ago. End of November is a realistic target, maybe even mid-November. So that was Parker there saying that at best, maybe in November. And, you know, more realistically for us, I think we think December. But, uh, you know, Pop's going to hesitate with minutes and stuff like that. So, Ben, what do you think about Parker possibly coming back earlier than January? Uh, it certainly makes uh, some of the other backups' time uh, much more valuable. Their uh, game time becomes a lot more valuable if he gets back into decent shape by the time November, December rolls around. Guys like DeJounte Murray and... Bryn Forbes are going to have to prove that they're worth keeping uh, a roster spot for. So I think you might see you, you might see some sloppy play at the beginning, but they're going to try and settle into their roles fairly quickly if they can, just to solidify a spot behind Parker, assuming he gets a starting spot back. Yeah, I mean, Murray's definitely going to be here even if Parker does come back. But yeah, you're right about Bryn Forbes. He's definitely, um, you know, he'd stay on the hot seat, but he's on the hot seat, basically. If he doesn't show 
But he, he really doesn't have a lot of minutes at the two because they're already so stacked with Danny Green, Brandon Paul, and Manu. And then so it's got to be at the one right there. So he's got to almost hope that Murray or Patty Mills or somebody struggles a little bit so he can get some minutes there um, in order to to cement a spot, Bryn Forbes. Uh, but, yeah, so so Parker will be back in November. Um, you would expect the team, you know, to – we're going to – Ben and I will get into the discussion about, um, you know, who's going to start exactly in a little bit here with one of the training camp topics. Moving on to one of the names we both mentioned, Ben, was uh, DeJounte Murray. Manu Ginobili, you know, veteran Manu Ginobili had, had some praise for the for the young player uh, at training camp on the opening day at Media Day. Uh, here was his quote. He said, he's been working hard here in the gym, getting his shot off and working on his technique. He's going to be a great player and potential all-star. You just don't know Ooh. if it's going to happen now or in five years. It just depends a lot on him. So, Ben, just... Looking at what you saw out of Murray, you know, last year, obviously, he didn't get a lot of minutes. They threw him in the final yeah. in the playoffs. Um, he, he didn't have a great summer league. But, you know, the, the potential is there. You see it, you know, with his athleticism, his size. He has a lot uh, of skills there that, that are very raw that he could possess. Um, so what do you think about Monty's quote there? <laughs> I, I think it uh, comes down to a little more than DeJounte Murray's uh, want to to uh, become an all-star. It's going to. It's going to take a lot, uh, some minutes opening up for him too, I would say. But he's, he, like you said, he's got the raw ability. It's there. He's got, he's got the tangibles like height. He's six, five. He's really long. He can play, he can play well defensively, but he's, yeah, he's going to have to prove that he can run an offense. He can create a show his, his own shot when needed and that he can get other people involved too. Cause he's, I mean, he's young. Granted that, he's only 20. He was 20 last year. He'll be turning 21 this season. So he's he has some growing up to do. But, it, you know, obviously you have to take some of what Manu said with a grain of salt just because, you know, he's not going to he's not going to say his own teammate's a bad player. He's, you know, he's not going to say, like, oh, yeah, he'll be a solid uh, – He'll be a solid eighth man off the bench for anybody. You know, he's not going to come up and say that. So uh, a little bit taken out of grain of salt, but I think the the possibility is certainly there. And, you know, Murray was asked about this by the media here in San Antonio about that, you know, that, that quote basically from Manu. And Murray did say, you know, obviously he, he, he acknowledges, um, you know, he thanks Manu for, for that, that kind of encouragement and confidence in him. But he said basically what you kind of said is that, Words are just words, and until he actually shows it and does it, it doesn't really mean much at this moment. Um, you know, one thing about Murray is that you know, two years ago I went to I went to scout school, and, and they gave me a just like a player diagram of like what what skills players need. And at the point guard position, he has a lot of tools to check a lot of those boxes. That basically, there's like 15 skills basically is what I'm saying. And he almost, at, at, if you think about Murray's best potential, he can almost check like 11 of those boxes. So he definitely has the chance to be an all star. I think your point was really good about the minutes part because, you know, now that Parker's definitely probably coming back in November, December, that puts Murray on almost a timeline to show Pop. He has to basically convince Pop, hey, I'm ready to play now. Give me some minutes because if he struggles there in those first two months, Pop's going to be more eager to bring Parker back faster and then obviously just show um, Murray in that time being. And he's going to have to – he's and, and if Tony Parker struggles elsewhere in the season or, let, you know, down the road – uh, he's going to be very reluctant to bring DeJounte Murray into the, into, you know, he's going to be reluctant to give Murray back a lot of those minutes that he would initially lose. So he's got to, he's got to prove that one, if needed, he can start. And then if two, he can be trusted to 
carry a team if Tony Parker's not able to go for whatever reason down the line. Yeah, those are both uh, really solid points there. Moving on to our third topic, uh, which very, very much still has to do with the, third, the point guard battle. Uh, Kawhi Leonard was quoted on, on a media day as saying, um, when he, when he was talk, told about Parker's news that he might be back in November, Kawhi said this, that's good because we don't know who is going to start at the point guard position at the moment, said Leonard. So obviously we're talking about DeJounte here. Uh, I actually had John on the last episode, 462, and he was actually thinking that Patty Mills would start. That wasn't what I was thinking initially. What do you think? You know, obviously it's between DeJounte and, and Patty Mills. I don't think Derek White's there just yet. So it's really early for him. But who do you think as of right now, obviously they haven't played a game yet. They have their scrimmage on Saturday, and then they have their first game two days later in Sacramento. But who, who do you think will be the starting point guard, at least not by October um, 18th when they tip off the season? I think it's going to be Murray. I there were because there I think Pop's going to take a similar approach to what he's done with Manu in the past, and it's you know you we could have had Manu Ginobili starting, he could have been the starting shooting guard, and he's and and Pop decided no we're going to have him come off the bench he's going to be the spark plug, so I'm pretty sure Patty Mills is going to retain that role so I would say. DeJounte Murray starting first game of the season. You don't think even the financial incentive as far as like, um, you know, they really did pay Patty a lot of money around you know, 11 to 12 million. That has anything to do with him still not getting to start, even at least when Parker's out. No, I don't. Popovich isn't a guy who cares about how much people are getting paid. If that was the case, he wouldn't, he wouldn't have arrested Tim Duncan all those games throughout his career. Or I guess you could argue that he would have because it saves him for more postseason but i i don't think that's something that's really taken into account i think that was more a number they gave him so they could retain his services not so much retain him and then say hey we want you to do way way more yeah i mean i i'm kind of in agree with you as i mean agreement with you as well i still think Dejounte starts you know if he struggles for the first few minutes they put part they put mills in uh, at least until tony gets back you know when tony does come back though and let's say Dejounte is playing well that's where it gets interesting, um, you know, come November, December time frame. Moving on to another player, um, you know, coming out into his third season with the Spurs is LaMarcus Aldridge. Uh, both Pop and he made some commentary on his game. Uh, basically, Pop says that, you know, he was really fantastic on defense last year, actually over the last two years. But he did admit that over the years, they haven't been able to use Aldridge quite right, the way he's comfortable, the way he sees fit. Uh, here's what Pop had to say about Aldridge's game. He said, we've got to help him. Uh, be a little bit more comfortable in his own space, and I haven't done a very good job of that. So he he admitted to that himself that you know as a coach he he, pretty, he basically on offense didn't didn't tear the offense to him a lot. Obviously Kawhi Leonard is the main the main focus there. Uh, and then Aldridge was asked about you know the trade rumors and stuff, and he just basically said you know it's a business. But at times he was getting frustrated um, over the last two seasons, and so so that and it's more so again focused on the offensive end. So how do you think Ben that they might incorporate him more, and do you think they, that Pop will do that for him? Yeah, they'll definitely get him a few more looks. I think a lot of it last year was some poorly timed injuries, and obviously they tried to feed him in the playoffs when Kawhi Leonard went down, but you know they, they didn't have a bunch of dudes. They didn't have Tony. They didn't have Kawhi. So he essentially, Aldridge essentially became the focal point of the offense. So defenses knew they could just double down on him and force everyone else to beat them, which was not going to happen. So I think this year you're going to see a lot more you're going to you're going to see Aldridge in a lot more positions that he likes to get at. He's going to 
he's going to get it kind of in that mid post to make a quick move and go, or he's going to back his man down until he gets an easy bucket. It's going to be a lot more of what he likes to do. And uh, before the podcast, you and I were talking about uh, he might be shooting some more threes this year. At least he talked about shooting more threes. So we'll see if that happens. Um, It would be nice to have some bigs spacing the floor. So we'll see uh, if that comes to fruition. That would be kind of fun to watch, I think. I also think that the the, versi- the versatile players they brought in over the summer are definitely going to help Aldridge a little bit. Um, Brandon Paul's a shooter. Joffrey Laverne can st- stretch out, step out and sh- um, shoot the three. They have Rudy Gay now who can also um, shoot the three. Uh, he might play a lot, uh, some minutes with Patty Mills, who obviously shoots the three. So I think spacing-wise, you need you need three-point shooters in there. It's going to be tough when Aldridge is in there with Murray because the defense, defenders might back off of him when, when, if he's in there with Kyle Anderson. So I think it more so has to do with who's on the floor with him. If, if, if it's with players that aren't three-point shooters, it's going to hurt him when he tries to post up because like you saw against the Warriors where people start um, you know, double-teaming him and triple-teaming him really easily with, with today's um, NBA-type defenses. Uh, and you're right. Aldridge did mention that he does want to open up the floor a little bit for, for, for the team, so he would uh, look at stretching out to the three-point line now. He did say that the year before, too, at training camp, so I don't know if it will actually happen until we actually see it happening in games. Moving on to another player who is um, – Referenced a lot at, at training camp at media day was that Rudy Gay. Danny Green had positive words about him, Kawhi Leonard, and then LaMarcus Aldridge. So they all had really good quotes on his um, his versatility on both ends of the floor. Danny actually says that he's kind of like Kevin Durant in that he's really hard to block his shot just because he's so tall. The, the, the position where he gets his shot off is really difficult for most defenders. And Danny Green's an all-NBA level defender at, um, on the second team level. So here's Aldridge's quote on Gay. I think Rudy's going to help. Help us play small ball against certain teams because he can play one through four, said Aldridge of the addition gate. And Danny Green also mentioned how, you know, up top he can easily switch onto onto guards or, you know, down low he can switch onto big. So what do you think about the, versi- the versatile part of Gay's game on both offense and defense with the Spurs? I love it. It's perfect. He's 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 a, he was in his heyday when in, in his prime, he was a not as good version of Kawhi Leonard. And in that he played D on multiple people. He, he was, he was kind of a go-to offensive guy and he can, not only will he be able to give Kawhi Leonard a lot of insight off the court, but he should be able to help him on the court. He can, he can guard some of the tougher guys and maybe give Kawhi Leonard a break on D and, you know, let, let uh, KL focus more on scoring during certain stretches of the game. So I think he, I thought his addition during the offseason was huge, especially if his if he's as healthy as we are led to believe. Yeah, and that's a good um, you know that last word health is is important. Pop did say that they're obviously going to transition him in. You know, minute, they're going to put him on. It, it, they didn't say minutes restriction officially, but basically they're going to ease him into the season. They're not going to you know put a lot of minutes on him right away and, and increase his role that fast. Uh, Gay himself, uh, when they asked him you know what position he's going to play, he says he doesn't know yet. You know whether he's coming off the bench or if he's starting. Uh, things like that. And I just think also something that they needed over the years um, is, is just someone someone who can kind of create on their own uh, when Kawhi gets double teamed, when the defense forces him, forces the ball out of his hands. Because that's one of the biggest problems is once Kawhi got trapped in a pick and roll or, or they started double teaming him and he kicked out to somebody else, there weren't a lot of shot creators on there. Aldridge obviously is a post-up player and, and post-ups are a little bit easier to guard in today's NBA where Gay's so versatile that he can call another pick and roll with somebody. And, and he just has a lot more options to add to that offense. And then obviously, as you mentioned, the defense, he can switch all over the place. Next player we're going to move on to is Pau Gasol. Uh, he would prefer to start this year. Uh, you know, he did say he, he doesn't mind coming off the bench like he did last year, whether it's, uh, you know, it's, it's just more on the coaches, what they need. But he did say this. Uh, he was quoted as saying this. 
I'm more comfortable in a starting position because that's what I'm used to, and that's who I am. That's what I've been. He also referenced how he was a starting center for a Spanish national team this summer, and they won the bronze medal. He just feels really comfortable as a starting player. He's not He's not complaining. He's saying he will come off the bench if he has to, but he would just prefer to start. So what do you think, Ben? Do you think Powell starts uh, start the year here? I mean, if he's really so bent on starting, I don't think it's an issue. I think what happens is he starts, but – he doesn't end up getting the starter minutes. I think Aldridge will get more minutes at four potentially, or f- or I guess five, depending. I mean, if Pagasol is, if they're not playing together, then Aldridge will obviously play four. But Gasol, I think, will until Rudy Gay really gets into the season and his minutes restriction, his he gets less and less restrictions. I think um, he'll he'll get those minutes to start, and then once Gay gets comfortable, they're gonna they're gonna have Aldridge playing a lot of small ball five with Gay at the four, and I think he'll see some minutes diminish, but he'll still technically start. He just won't get like what some people would describe as starters minutes. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, you're basically right as far as like it's 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 wait until you, Rudy Gay's ready to play because then I think once you see Rudy Gay's ready, then there could be a change there where Pop might just go right from the get go with Aldridge at the five and Gay at the four. Um, maybe for the regular season they probably would just give Powell the starting job. But I think it's for sure the playoffs. You know, you want to put your best defensive and offensive lineups out there. Um, I don't think Joffrey Laverne's a, a, a player who's going to try to steal his minutes as far as a starter just because Laverne's a little bit like Powell. He can stretch the floor. He's a little bit more active now as a roller. Um, and, and he's he's more on the fly passer, but but they kind of have a very um very mirror type of offensive game. Um, Powell's a little bit of a post-up player. Okay, so that's a lot of the, the latest Spurs news. Um, as of now, as of training camp, they're they're already uh, into day three as of this recording that Ben and I are doing on Thursday evening. So um, you know there'll be a few more um, quotes coming out, and then also the team will start training. They'll start their open scrimmage in San Antonio on Saturday morning, and then their first preseason game takes place on Monday, October second at Sacramento. So now we're going to move on to um, not really a Spurs topic, but one one team that could definitely play the Spurs in the playoffs. They're going to see the Spurs four times this year, and that's the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, over last week, it was actually last Saturday, the, the reports started coming out that the, the Thunder were closing in on um, acquiring Carmelo Anthony from the, from the uh, New York Knicks. And sure enough, that day it did happen. Uh, Melo is now with Paul George, with Russell Westbrook, Andre Robertson, Stephen Adams. Um, they have a lot of players there. So Ben, just your your overall um, thoughts on OKC, their potential, and you know what do they what fits can they give the Spurs down the line here? Oh, they could be real nasty. They could, I mean, they're going to give you trouble on the wings, but they, I mean, they gave up in Nez Cantor, who was basically their scoring big. So, I mean, I don't know. They're not going to have any scoring from inside the paint as far as post ups and and big men scoring go. So I, I think, you know, while while they got some serious punch on the scoring end, their defense took a hit with the trades they had to make in order to make that happen. So I think while on paper they look pretty great, I don't think they're going to be as good as people believe. The, the bench is just so thin, and you have so many liabilities elsewhere. You have Andre Roberson, who is an offensive liability, and you have Steven Adams, who's okay on both ends. He's He's... You know, he's kind of a wash. He's not really a plus or minus either way. But Carmelo Anthony is going to be a minus on defense every time. He's going to be a guy who just tries to outscore his man. And, you know, I don't I don't know if there's enough basketball to go around between Melo, Russ, and Paul George. It's, you know, you, you only play with one basketball, man. So I, I just don't know. 
I don't know how it's going to work, but I think they will make the playoffs just because you have those three guys. You have to make the playoffs regardless of what conference you're in. So I think that's, you know, it's a realistic shot that the Spurs see them in the playoffs, even probably maybe even the first round. Yeah, uh, I mean, that would be one of those. Oh, yeah, maybe like a four or five match if I could see that if, if they both teams fell that low. I don't know if they'll fall that low either one. Um, but one thing about them is is you're right. There's there's it's just a roster makeup. Even Vegas felt this way after the trade was made. Um, the new you know over unders were put out. And it was only like a game higher with Melo, which is it was 52 and a half wins for the Thunder. So that, and that's not, <laughs> that's not better than oh, Golden State. That's not better than San Antonio. And that's not better than Houston. Right. So Vegas obviously sees they're going to have some issues here, and it's more of their ro- roster makeup. You know, you have Cantor and and, and um and what's his name Robertson out there too. You're better defenders. But then, you know, on offense, they're both liabilities. They both catch you from outside. Um, teams aren't going to guard them. They're going to double team on whoever has the ball, whether it's Russ, Mello, or Paul George. And then on defense, yeah. you've got to have those guys because they're really good. But then you, you have Mello. He hasn't shown that he can play defense at, at that high level. You know, he's only been in the playoffs, what, well, like once with the Knicks in the last year, you know, a few years. Um, and so, and once, with the, yeah, once with the Knicks and once with the Nuggets, I think. Yeah, and they're also – none of those guys are like pure spot-up shooters. I know I know Melo showed it in the in the uh, Olympic days, but, you know, there was a, there was a guy I follow on Twitter, Ben Falk. He used to work for a, for a team, and he was putting out some stats about how he was, he accrued like all their data for four years, and it was something like below 30% wow. for each player, like on, like on open looks or catch-and-shoot catch looks. And so these guys are not guys who are used to just receiving a ball right at the last second and shooting it. They're more the guys, you know, have the ball in their air, they get the dribble going, they, they do the pull-up type shot, um, or, of course, they get to the line. And they're going to have to basically work on, on sacrificing. They have to use the Miami Heat model, like Chris Bosh, Wade, and LeBron did it. If they can do that, maybe they have a better chance. But I don't see them either better than Golden State, San Antonio, or Houston. Right. Moving on to the to the next news that the Spurs were involved in, they were involved in the uh, Dwayne Wade got bought out by the Chicago Bulls, and just for you know less than 24 hours, maybe like 10 hours, uh, the Spurs were one of the teams interested in him. But pretty much everybody around the, you know the basketball world knew that he's going to end up in Cleveland with LeBron, and so you know less than 24 hours, Wade made a verbal confirmation to sign with the Cavs. He's officially signed with the Cavs. So now, Ben, just your quick thoughts on Wade. You know he's pro- he might start at point. They're saying he might start at the two since uh, Isaiah Thomas is out right now. Um, yeah, there's a lot of different makeup that they can make with this team now. What do you think about Wade to the Cavs? I mean, that shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. You have half the banana boat crew in Cleveland now, so they got that going for them. But uh, it's going to be weird, man, because they also have Derrick Rose, and like, and Derrick Rose could legitimately play the one as long, you know, for as long as it is out, and then you have Wade at your two. But you have so then you have two guards who aren't really good three point shooters. But you're going to be all right because Kevin Love can shoot threes as as a big man, and LeBron James can shoot threes. But it's there. I mean, I thought I thought the trade for Kyrie Irving was interesting. Uh, they they got they had to get rid of a few things, um, mostly picks, I believe. But I mean, the whole thing is very bizarre. It's, they could be—they're one of those teams that could be like they could be really great, like 65 wins. But you could just as easily see see them getting maybe 10, 10 less than that. You know, maybe a 55 or a 52 win team, just because they don't quite gel or they don't quite mesh, and uh, they they have the wrong mix of irrationally confident shooters and J.R. Smith and Iman Shumpert, and not enough. Uh, not enough dudes keeping them in check, so I don't I don't really know, but I I think I, I personally think that Boston's going to be the one seed in the East, 
and Cleveland is going to be the two. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there where you talked about what lineups do they play. In, in certain lineups, they're okay. You know, if, Let's say if you have Wade at the point, uh, you have Le- you have Jared Smith, you have LeBron, you have Love, and you have another shooter, someone like um, Jay Crowder, right? That's a good lineup right there. Defensive, doesn't have a lot of holes on the other end on offense. But when you start putting some of those other pieces together, like Rose and Wade together, or, you know, and then Tristan Thompson, those are three guys that are all non-shooters that defense are just going to triple team LeBron. Um, or, you know, even when Isaiah Thomas comes back, he's more of a guy who likes the ball in his hands, got, uh, you know, get, gets, get, likes to run a lot more pick and roll action. There's going to be some questions there for this makeup of this team. Um, and you're right. I, I, I kind of agree with you where I can see them finishing still right behind Boston. Um, and it wouldn't shock me, though, if they put it together and they, you know, like you said, win, win over 60 games uh, this season. Uh, okay, Ben, the last part of our, our Spurs cast, we're just going to go into – we only have one Twitter question. Uh, this is kind of my fault. I didn't, I didn't really promote this a lot because uh, I didn't know exactly when we were going to record this episode. So it was, a, it was a question from last time, actually, carrying over from when John and I spoke, but I didn't get to answer this question on that last um, Spurs cast. It comes from follower at Trump card. No, at our Trump card. They say, what is the real story why my Spurs didn't keep Jonathan Simmons? Thanks, Cindy. Great question. Great question. Mm-hmm. I wish I had the insight to tell you because I also would like to know. But uh, I think it mostly came down to money. The Magic were giving him a lot of money, and the Spurs did not have as much money to give. That's that's pretty much what I would chalk it up to. They had, I mean, financially, they, it, it's yes and no with the money part, whereas, like, this season, they had enough to give him. They, they, they basically, Stanton had gone up to close to $9 million, and the Magic gave him, like, 6 or $7 million. But But you're right as far as the money. Like, what if they don't want to invest in him long term? You know, he was already, what, 26, 27 years old. You know, how much more was he going to develop? Um, and, and be a core part of this team. What if long term they have they have more more um, financial goals on their sites as far as wanting to save that cap space, which they can do. Um, I think that's kind of what it was about. You know, there wasn't really I don't know if it was a money issue, and I think his age also had, had a little bit of deal with the factor. Um, and then you know they brought in, they obviously had Brandon Paul as their plan B because as soon as the, the report came out that Simmons wasn't coming back, uh, Brandon Paul signed that day or made a verbal confirmation that day. Oh yeah, they were real quick. I mean, which is good. You want to see them take quick action, but um, I mean, it's and I, and I think Simmons can actually do a lot for the Magic. I think that they haven't won in so long that I think he's going to go in there. And I'm hoping because the Magic are my second team. I'm originally from Orlando, so they're my they're kind of my second team. So you know, when I'm really when I'm really feeling high off a of Spurs win, I'll go back and look at an Orlando Magic game and get really sad again um, because that's what they do to you. But I, I think he can go in there and he can give them an air of professionalism and say, listen, guys, I don't I don't know about you, but losing ain't fun. We didn't do a whole lot of it in San Antonio. Maybe let's win some games in Orlando. That'd be kind of dope. <laughs> but let's uh, I, didn't, I didn't ask John this, but let's just, I mean, I'll ask you this right now since you're talking about the magic. You think they went over 33 and a half games? <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> That's their over. <over-over>. Boy. <laughs> absolutely not. No, they have so many problems. Yeah, so so I can't I, even I begin to name them. There's just too many. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't pick them to win either over um, 33 and a half. And, you know, as far as Simmons, w- maybe this season we will get the real story. You know, different reporters will go talk to him about his time in San Antonio. What happened exactly? Why did you leave? We know that there was some some negotiating issues because there was a day there where basically there was a, there was like all these different reporters. There was Woj. There was um, Sham Sharania, even one of the uh, local um, beat guys like Jabari Young. They were all having conflicting reports as, as to what Simmons' camp was saying, what the um, Spurs were saying. So maybe the negotiating-wise on the contract, it didn't come together 
quite like all three parties, all both parties wanted it to. So we we probably will get the real story, real story one day as to what happened. But you know, it, it won't be just right now. Everything is just starting off right now for both teams. Okay, I'll, have to, I'll have to get my people in Orlando on this. <laughs> yeah, you have to Ben will do some investigative work there. All right, yeah. uh, Ben, thank you for for joining me on Spurs Cast episode four hundred sixty three. Can you please tell the Twitter fans where to f- find you on Twitter? You guys can find me at the underscore Boomstein. That's where I'm at on the Twitters. Please feel free to at me all day, every day. I will probably respond to you. Can't make any promises. If you're real nasty, I may just not respond to you. So just, you know, that's your fair warning. Yes, uh, please, Twitter followers, uh, follow Ben and don't at him, I guess, the negative ways. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So um, thanks, Ben, for joining in, man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thanks again to Ben for jumping on the Spurs cast episode 463. Please follow him at the Boomstein on Twitter. As he mentioned, uh, if you want to read his stuff, he's been working on a really good series called um, who to watch for as far as the Spurs draft picks Uh, right now. He has a series going where he's looking at the players that they really don't have a shot at the lottery players, the players that are supposed to just go in like the top, you know, 10 to 15 uh, where the Spurs usually don't have a chance at because, you know, Vegas has them proposed to win 55 games, and that's obviously not a lottery team. So should San Antonio do that, they wouldn't have a chance at some of these players that Ben's writing about. So that's a good um, way to get to, just get an early in, in, insight into the college game as far as, you know, who's going to be available through the draft. Remember that if you have any questions, please send them to hashtag SpursCast on Twitter. So if you have any Spurs questions, send them to hashtag SpursCast on Twitter, and, and I will make sure to um, address them. And, and you know, whoever is whoever's the guest on the show that day, will we'll go ahead and dive into those questions. Uh, on Twitter, please follow at Project Spurs. Uh, for, also visit our new site, ProjectSpurs.com. You know, we, we moved over from the, the Sports Daily. We had a few we had a few years over there, but now we're going independent with our own site. Michael DeLeon built the site and it looks awesome. Please check it out. Whether you're on your phone, you're on your tablet, you're on your um, laptop, your desktop. It looks, it looks really, 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 really good. Uh, it's very clean. It goes very, very fast now. It just uploads right away. There's a lot of ads you know, attacking you right when you get on there. So please check out the new ProjectSpurs.com layout. Uh, also visit AnalyzingTheLeague.com. That's, that's also you know, the general NBA, si- NBA site I write for. It's part of the Project Spurs network. Uh, again, new, new layout that Michael DeLeon built for us. Really clean. Uh, uplo- uploads quick. If you don't know the, the latest player rosters, uh, definitely check that out. AnalyzingTheLeague.com. If you want to follow that site on Twitter, it's at A-T-L-E-A-G-U-E underscore NBA. So at League underscore NBA. Um, also, make sure you're following us for the Spurs cast on Twitter at the Spurs cast. Make sure that you're also following our, our last one, which is at Project Spurs Network. It's our, new, it's our new Twitter handle for our entire network. That's where we cover, you know, the San Antonio um, Spurs, the basketball team. We have we have the, the stars, the, 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 the women's basketball team. Uh, we do the, the San Antonio soccer team. The, the Red Black Nighty is our site there. The Spurs on six to cover the Austin Spurs, um, the hockey team as well. We have a, a site there and then we have some wrestling um, areas as well on that's on the project spurs network and then of course football as well there's um, high school football um, sites and texas state football sites so make sure that you're following at project spurs network and lastly again if you can if you like the show um, please leave a rating and review on itunes you know this is this is now a few episodes now that i've done as the host uh, you know what do you like about the show what do you, what do you not like about the show um, you know any kind of um, constructive criticism I, I'd really like or just criticism in general uh, just to see how the show's going what do you think about it so please visit iTunes and leave us a rating thank you have a great day
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.